Genre. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we are playing a special game where we are going to build a team to save 2020. And joining us uh, with their own teams are returning guests, Todd Mack. Welcome back, Todd. Thank you. I don't know if I should call you a guest, like returning founder of the Protagonist Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, returning guest, Todd Peterson. Welcome, Todd. All right, two Todds. Always delightful to have two Todds on the podcast. As I said, uh, we're playing a game, and that means producer Andrew is going to be helping to moderate the game. So, Andrew, thank you for uh, being a little more involved this week. Uh-huh. And and I secretly have my own team that I'll be comparing yours against. Oh, but yes, please do. And, and let us know at the end how, how that goes. Yeah, I, this is all about the fun. And listeners, please feel free to play along, build your own teams, and share them with us on uh, the Facebook fan page. That would be great if anyone's willing to do that. As I said, the mission is to go back in time to save 2020. What that means, we're leaving completely up to the listener to decide whether this is a medical, political, social uh, whatever issue you may want to have addressed about 2020, just imagine this team is going to go and fix that because uh, there's a lot of options there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the way we've organized this is that we have 10 categories that we have to select someone to fill that category. Uh, and then at the end, we have our teams of 10 that are going to go save 2020. And uh, I think we're going to reveal the categories as we move along. So, Andrew, why don't you throw or start us off with our first category and we'll uh, discover our order as well. I I genuinely it it seems like you're getting into the actual meat of the episode so quickly (laughs) compared to the average (laughs) episode. Well, there's this is 2020. Time is of the essence. Yeah, we're trying to save 2020. We're not going to dilly dally. (laughs) Well, topically, the first category. Uh, element of your team is the time traveler. So you need somebody who is a time traveler, I guess, to to do the time traveling. Are, does this define how time travel is going to happen for your team? Or is this just a time traveler? I think it's whatever is going to make the most fun. Uh, make the story the most fun. We, we can allow it however we want to. <laughs> we, okay. Whether this is so just an is- expert in time travel and there's some other time travel you know, device that's going to be provided or their time travel device, whatever, whatever our, our team, uh, you know, would create the most entertaining story. I think we'll go with that. Okay. That's, I think that's fair because like the DeLorean doesn't hold 10. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I need to make a note that mine may be taken. (laughs) (laughs) Mine does. My team doesn't count. I'm, I'm, my team is the metric. Obviously my team is flawless. Right. Right. All right. Andrew, as our moderator, how are we going to decide? the order in which we'll be revealing our picks. So uh, I've gone technological. I know it's against form, but I just put your, your, your info into a random item selector and I'm pushing the button now. And it's, it's, it's spinning, it's selecting, it's spinning, it's selecting. uh, And, and um, it, where does it spit out the answer? Ah, Todd Mack. (laughs) I get to this go is, first. This is excellent theater. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna we're gonna go Todd Mac, then um 
if there's no way to do it where there's not a Todd in the middle, in, in, like Todd back to back. So Todd Mac, uh, Joe, then Todd Peterson. Okay. Yeah, we'll just keep and are we doing this? Uh, the, the, the question, uh, the eternal question is, are we doing this uh, s- snake style? So the so third person back? gets two picks? And then we come back through, or are we just going one, two, three, uh, one, two, three, let's one, Let's do that. Two, I think I think we always have some fun where I forget that we're doing that and try and jump the order. So let's let's go <laughs> okay, ahead and so, give it a stab. So, so Joe's snake. Joe's in the middle. Yes, permanently. Yes, every every time. So okay. Todd, Joe, Todd. Well, it's always going to be Todd, Joe, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it but it just re- it, it recoils. It reverts. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so time traveler. Um, yes, time travel is the first the first. Uh, category man there are so many directions that we could take this uh but i'm gonna go with um maybe a lesser known time traveler to our audience um this is from a a spanish tv show called the ministry of time in which (laughs) there is a spanish ministry a part of the government that are time travelers who actually their job is to go back into the past and fix it when people mess with the past. And uh, there are a few members of this team, but the coolest member of the team by far is a woman named Amelia Folk. She's, uh, she's from Barcelona uh, from the late 19th century. Um, and she's super, super duper smart. And uh, she uh, she is brought on as the brains and quickly becomes the leader of the team. And uh, so she's my she's my gal, Amelia Folk from the Ministry of Time. I think our listeners are familiar, at least with the existence of that show, as you you definitely name dropped it several times. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But familiarity with the character, probably fairly light. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's accurate. <clears throat> yeah, she's very cool. In the, in the first episode of that, she is the only woman uh, studying at her university, and they they actually go back in time to 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 bring her forward to be part of this team. And the guy says, "Wouldn't you like to live in a place where you're not the only woman that has studied at university?" And she says, "Actually, that sounds like it would be pretty nice." So, uh, so they bring her forward. But she's um, she's definitely uh, very smart. She's a great leader. Uh, she's familiar with time travel. She's proven herself capable of going back in time and fixing things, which is exactly what we need here. All right. Um, All right. I chose someone who is good at going into the past and then realizing it's also really important to look to the future and move forward, which, you know, in fixing 2020, I also, you know, we got to be ready to take that step forward. And uh, so I'm taking Gil Pender from the film Midnight in Paris. And I'm checking my notes, guys. And it seems like this was directed by nobody. It's amazing. I I don't understand how that happened, (laughs) that there's no director attached to this film that I really enjoy and want to keep enjoying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So he's not so much an expert in time travel, so much as someone who has experienced time travel. But I think having Owen Wilson's character of Gil Pender uh, would be a lot of fun on any team. That is a fantastic pick. That's that's really solid because he like the I think something that could be really key in in this type of time travel where it's like this is a relatively small time travel, right? We're only going 10 months back. Yeah, but he was so expert at like the comparisons of like, well, what's the past? What's the present like? And and what's valuable in each? 
Yeah. Things like that. Oh, well, and also so, we get the added benefit of, I think my team is going to time travel in a fleet of 1920s Parisian taxi cabs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, listeners, for anyone who's uh, not familiar with the movie Midnight in Paris, uh, Owen Wilson's character, Gil Pender, is a uh, contemporary, mo- he's a modern uh, author who is kind of obsessed with the idea of nostalgia and looking to the past, and he's uh, discovers through this magical realism of, of just a, a taxi cab that pulls up every night. Uh, when he gets in it, he arrives in 1920s Paris with all the American expatriates who are hanging out in Paris in the art, art scene. Uh, and for a while, he gets very enamored with 1920s and he starts to realize, you know what? The present is much better. <laughs> and he kind of loses his, uh, his enamoration with uh, with with the the halcyon days of your kind of mindset. So you guys don't have antibiotics. So is so is Gil going to go back into nineteen or two thousand nineteen and then realize that two thousand twenty is actually better and and then just come <laughs> no, back? No, I, I think it's more of the 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 you know we we need to be able to move forward. That's what we're going to be looking for. <laughs> okay, and he's going to stutter a lot as he explains this. <laughs> All right, uh, Todd, Todd Peterson. Well, I was I went about three different directions on this, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly gloss the ones that I picked and then abandoned. So I was gonna do Ant Man mm-hmm. because Ant Man was like didn't know he was time traveling, and I thought that would be the coolest like for the other whole team. And then I switched and I went, oh man, you know who was a great time traveler? Donna Noble, um, from that segment of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, she would be great because she wouldn't uh, she wouldn't like any of what's going on and she wouldn't stand for monkey business. But I decided in the end to go with Dr. Strange because he was so patient in so much of his time travel stuff to sit through different iterations in order to pick out the right way to take everything. So I wanted someone who not only had the ability to go back in time, but also had the ability to sit with all of the garbage dumpster dumpster fire uh, timelines and sight and sift through them until he found the best one for us to go for. You know, Todd, I had uh, Dr. Strange penciled in here as well as a few other comic book time travelers. Uh, and, and so I very much uh, respect that, that pick of Dr. Strange. I had Dr. Strange on my list too. And, uh, and Donna Noble, man, that's a great pick. Yeah, I had the doctor down, solid. but I should have thought of Donna Noble because she was a great companion there. Yeah. Some might say the best. I haven't watched a lot of Doctor Who, but from what I've watched. She's very good. Yeah. She's, she's definitely our, high on the list. She's the favorite at our house. Also, you have but, uh, him, uh, the doctor constantly saying, Donna! <laughs> Just the way he says <laughs> Donna. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> It's it's almost like uh, the way uh, Josh Lyman says Donna in <laughs> in the West Wing. Yeah, there's a lot of good Donna yelling in uh, in TV. For real, oh, you've got it in Parks Parks and Rec too. Anyway, um, okay, so we have our three time travelers selected, and now it's going to be Todd Peterson starting the round at, with with item number two from this list, which is a real life celebrity that we suspect may have something supernatural about them. This is my favorite category, guys, and I can't wait to hear not only who you pick, but also what other names you had as options. Like, guys, this is pretty solid because, like, as soon as you think about it, you're like, well, okay, but, like, who am I going to pick? And then you think about it, and you're like, who am I going to pick? Yeah. 
So I had many, I had branching forking paths for time traveler. This one came easy. Stevie Nicks. <laughs> Why uh, Stevie Nicks? Besides the obvious, no, but but you know what? Of having a touch of the supernatural. Yes. Well, I think the one thing that healed last month was that dude longboarding and drinking cran raspberry juice while he was listening to Fleetwood Mac's Dreams. Mm-hmm. And I thought if anybody is going to be able to like soothe us when we get back into 2019 and kind of help, you know, maybe set up the vibes uh, for that song to have its sort of massive resurgence, it would be Stevie Nicks. All right. So you're going to have a little uh, soundtrack to accompany uh, your team as they try and fix 2020. That's right. And, And then everybody's like, this is so terrible. And then she would just say, look, thunder only happens when it's raining. (laughs) <laughs> and then everybody would sort of just get cool with it. Everyone just chills out a little bit. That's right. They drink some cran raspberry and we're <laughs> we're all set. Because I think that's the thing. They tell Doctor Strange the one thing we want to save is that guy riding his skateboard. <laughs> it comes down to that. <laughs> Got it. All right. Uh Joe. So I had a number of options, and I ended up going in a, a, a somewhat similar path to Todd Peterson here, because uh, we are going to have a little soundtrack accompanying my team. We'll have the dulcet tones of Enya to help us stay mm. calm as we are saving oh. 2020. Oh. That's, uh, she does have something of the supernatural about her, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, but it's not it's, like it's the... It's very uh, fey. Yes, I was going to say, it's the fey style of supernatural, you know, the, you know, the, the European fairy tale. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, well, I did not go in that direction. Uh, the the very first celebrity that came to my mind was Dwayne Johnson. And that guy <laughs> is clearly, there is something supernatural so, going on. Something's up. <laughs> with him. Uh, but then I brought it up with my kids today, and they started, um, they started throwing out names of, like, uh, YouTube people there's some pretty amazing stuff that happens on youtube so they thought of um steve spangler who does uh diy sci on byu tv uh and then we thought of this guy whose name i can't remember that made uh elephant toothpaste uh the, he broke the world record of elephant toothpaste but the, as soon as probably, my, probably mark rober it was mark rober and then uh and then as soon as my mind went to youtube i thought of uh dude perfect and so my real life celebrity with a touch of the supernatural is Ty from Dude Perfect. Those guys, I mean all of them, but Ty especially. <laughs> the <laughs> which one's Ty? Ty is like the main guy. He's the one with the beard. He's the one with the beard. Okay. And those that he clearly has been touched by an angel. <laughs> <laughs> the, the accuracy is truly uncanny. It is astounding. Like even even if they have to practice for three weeks to get to the point of doing that, like it's that's amazing stuff. Yep. So I've got Ty from Dude Perfect. So Todd Mac is going to be up again. How does it feel being always in the middle, Joe? Uh, you know what? I'm fine because I don't think very many of my uh, options are going to be taken. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. So in this, so round three, a cryptid. So, you know, one of the the cryptozoological creatures, there's plenty of them, to which that you you also get to assign a voice and a personality. So it's not just a cryptid, but you give you give them character. 
the cryptid that I am going to choose is a cryptid who actually already does have a voice and a personality. It's a voice and a personality that I uh, that I really love. And uh, I'm going with the Bumble from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I want him on my team. I really like that guy. And he already has a perfect voice and personality. So he, he's who I've got. Is that um, before or after the dental operation? After, after, of course. Okay. Yeah. He, he's become docile. Yes, yes. He's the great. The domesticated Bumble. Yes. Oh, I like that choice. I, and our, uh, I think, shared affection for Yetis and Yeti stories is well found, you know, well established on the yes. Magnus podcast. We are very mm-hmm. pro-Yeti here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the Bumble is an excellent, excellent pick. All right. Well, I chose one that uh, I had come across references to this creature for the first time this year. And I was kind of fascinated by it. It is a cryptid from uh, Pennsylvania called a squonk. Have any of you heard of the squonk? I have. Oh. It sounds barely familiar to me, so I'm going to need explanation. Okay, so the squonk is this small four-legged creature that um, it has. It, it's described as having misfitting skin. And it's like got warts and moles, so it's very ugly. Uh, and it's always unhappy and sad and because of its appearance. And if you see it, it tries to run away, but it's always crying. And you can follow its trail of tears <laughs> to track it down. <laughs> uh, and and uh, it's uh, the earliest references to it say that when cornered and escape seems impossible, it may even dissolve itself in tears. Uh, I don't know what that means, but that's what it says here. Um, so I want that creature because I was kind of fascinated okay. with the idea of a squonk. So it's it's four legged. It's smallish. Yeah, like like think the size of like a small dog is what I'm. Okay. As I've kind of poked around looking into like art artistic renderings of the squonk, and it's <laughs> since you said it's notably ugly, I'm not interested in looking that up myself. Right. Uh, however, to give this a little fun twist for uh, narrative purposes. Our squonk is going to be voiced by Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> even though it's always has that sad aspect around it, it's just always doing its best, but worried that it's fe- failing. But everyone else thinks it's great at everything it does. But it's just always sure it's falling short <laughs> as it tries to do its best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Todd, Todd Peterson. I want to the, the squonk. I heard about the squonk first from Steely Dan's song, Any Major Dude Will Tell You. It's uh, Look into that if you haven't. It's like the line from the song is, have you ever seen a squonk's tears? Well, look at mine. And then it goes on with the rest of the song. And I I was trying to like, whatever it was. And so I found my pathway into the squonk uh, uh, cryptid lore. And I was like, these Steely Dan guys are pretty awesome. Um <laughs> I did not expect you to have uh, discovered the squonk through Steely Dan. <laughs> I don't think anybody expects uh, that uh, certain kind of squonk inquisition. Um, but my cryptid um, is uh, a chupacabra mm. with the voice of Michael Pena doing that retelling what just <laughs> happened thing from Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly <laughs> what you're describing. Yep, yep. It's a very fast talking. Um, yes. Is he is he going to be summarizing all of 2020? Right, exactly. That's his role on the team. Is everybody's like, well, what's going on right here? And then that chupacabra does the Michael Pena thing, which I think is the genius 
it's so good that even in Ant-Man and Wasp, when he does it again, it's still funny to me. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Oh, All right. man, that's a great pick. I had Chupacabra on my list. Oh, I think it's on everyone's list as an option when you say the word. Yes. I mean, it, 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 it's it's a top tier cryptid. <laughs> that's, a, that's an A-list cryptid, guys. Yeah. You don't leave a Chupacabra on the table. That's... <laughs> I also had, well, we bring out our dead later. I had a, a version of the Loch Ness Monster. I think that would work out just well. Okay, guys. Oh, I, I love all of this. This is this is one of our one of the best games we've ever played. Where we've already covered Yeti, Chupacabra. We've introduced Squonks <laughs> to some of our listeners, I'm sure, and, and also had a reference to the Loch Ness Monster. This is everything a Halloween special should be. Yes. Yes. Um, okay, Todd Peterson is up for, for round four. We're, we're moving along with this discussion. This time, you guys have plenty of options for a historical figure that you will be plucking from time in order to help. Awesome. Uh, it's me, right? Because we're doing the snake? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my historical figure is Cleopatra because she did not suffer fools, especially when they were male and in charge. <laughs> <laughs> subtle, subtle Todd Peterson. <laughs> I just wanted to see what Cleopatra would do when she came and saw this. <laughs> well, as, as we look the world over, just, there's plenty of the options government. To, to whom you could be referring. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not like totally specific. It's still a general non-subject. Uh, and also, that's that's like sadly applicable. <laughs> and I I think that Cleo I think Cleopatra's side eye is probably the greatest side eye in history. <laughs> You know, we have no evidence of that, but it feels really true when you say it. Right. I have to admit that that I'm going from the, the Cleopatras that we have known from cinema. Um, but but yeah, I think that we'd be there. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that pick. All right. So for this one, I turned to my children to help out. They have been enjoying uh, the book series by Brad Meltzer and Chris Eliopoulos of uh, ordinary people who change the world, and there's also a PBS kids show called Xavier Riddle in the Secret Museum that's based on this, where they bounce around to historical figures and uh, you know learn lessons on the PBS show. The, the books are actually pretty good little biographies with lessons embedded in them, uh, and they've been reading a lot of those. So when I asked this, they they like this was my uh, my six six year old and my eight year old are the ones that have most been into this, and they like ran through a whole bunch of historical figures that would all be good picks, and then my six year old said. Harriet Tubman, because there's too much prejudice. I was like, oh, well, that's the pick. <laughs> Harriet Tubman nice. on, uh, on our team to help fix 2020 and particular uh, issues of prejudice that may be going on in 2020. All right. Like that. That's funny. My kids also recommended Harriet Tubman, but I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, it's your turn to identify who you chose instead. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you could have blamed it on Joe and not being able to pick her. No, the person that I chose, the person that I chose, I actually chose for the same reasons that Todd Peterson chose his. Uh, but mine is Joan of Arc. Um, <gasps> yes. Uh, for for uh, again for all the reasons that Todd Peterson said plus. Uh, we, she has God on her side. So, you know, that's, mm -hmm. there's that. It, it counts for something. <laughs> yeah. For her. Yeah. Now, worth pointing out, I think, all three of you picked women. Oh. Way to go. 
solid historical figures. Yes. We need to bring balance back in the forest, man. <laughs> I don't know exactly what Joan of Arc does on my team, but I just feel like in a pinch, I'd like to have her around. I mean, you'd rather have her than not. Yeah. I would, I would assume. And, and like, I think inspiration is a big thing. For yeah. her. Like when you're getting really down, like guys, I don't think we can fix 2020. Well, we're going to try. Joan says so. <laughs> that's right. right. That's exactly right. Plus that's she doesn't, idea. she doesn't take any garbage like off the church or anything. Cause she's, <laughs> she's talking, she's cutting through the middlemen. Right. And yes. she's, yeah, she's a great choice. I wish I would have thought of it. That's a, that's really good. All right. Todd Mack with another choice. You get it back to back. Um, this one, it may seem similar to the cryptid question, but it's not. It's a monster of some sort. It is oh, similar, is, but, uh... but it's just, this is our Halloween special. We've got to keep yeah, it's a Halloween, Halloween special. flavor so this, with our team. Yeah, so this doesn't necessarily have to be like a monstrous creature. This could be, you know, a, a Universal Films monster. Yeah, yeah. So when I think cryptid, I think something that somebody at some point has said is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, like on the History Channel or Discovery, that you, there would be a show about people trying to find these things. When or, I think, or lore. You listen to lore, you get cryptids. Yes, yes. Uh, when I think of monster, I think of, you know, just like movie monsters and, and novel monsters. Uh, the monster that is my favorite monster of all is the monster from the movie A Monster Calls. Uh, he's a giant tree that comes to life uh, in the nights and helps a boy overcome uh, or kind of work through process his mother's uh, grief. I mean, his mother's death, his grief at his mother uh, who is dying of cancer. And we talked about Monster Calls. Did yeah. we? We did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, such a good movie and such a great monster. I'll get the, uh, the episode number in our show notes at the end. I will make sure we reference. Yeah, he's like just the right, the, the right balance of scary and uh and like gentle and i don't know he's uh he's pretty great if you haven't seen a monster calls out there people go watch it it's very very good but bring your kleenex (laughs) (laughs) all right uh so i guess back to me um i'm gonna bring in one that i feel like we've probably used before it's it's kind of like circling back to some of the classics for us and i would like to have a minotaur on my team Oh, I think there's just something. There's a reason why the Minotaur has stood up for centuries as like a go-to point, and everyone kind of recognizes that monster. I don't know what it is exactly, but it, but it's there. <laughs> so, um, what does your Minotaur do? Well, he's gonna endure. He's gonna be willing to endure a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but he's good at labyrinths. Yeah, I was gonna say, also when when there's time travel involved, you don't know how long this is actually going to take. Like for for the rest of the world, it's just like oh, 2020 got better. But for this group, maybe they're doing it for decades. Minotaur is fine with that, guys. He <laughs> he's good. He's a real workhorse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, what's your monster calls guy going to do? I don't know. <laughs> they're just on the team, right? <laughs> he tells stories. That help people to uh, work through grief. Mm. Seems appropriate. 
It does. Okay, here's a little more on the nose. I just really wanted, like, <laughs> Im- imagining a group picture of my team, a Minotaur standing there. That's a win. Uh, uh, that absolutely is fair. I, now, I will also, not argue with you on that. Add, add to that. Imagine the squonk riding on his shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> with Kristen Chenoweth's voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this is the voice oh, wait, oh, here. Also, this Minotaur, it's it's whenever the the squonk is worrying that it's not doing good enough, the Minotaur is going to pat it on its head, just silently, just give it a little bit of reassurance. Does it? <coughs> does your Minotaur have a voice? No, I, I'm I'm imagining a silent Minotaur here. Okay. All right. Oh, you know what? Actually, now it does. Okay, I had a backup voice for the squonk. I'm moving it over to the Minotaur. I'm breaking the rules, guys, but there are no rules. It's a. Uh, Cameron Britton, who you may not know, but if you've watched Umbrella Academy, he plays Hazel, and uh, his voice as he plays this um, assassin who maybe is suffering from some depression is just amazing. He's I also... wouldn't expect that voice to come out of the Minotaur, so it's a good call. Yeah, yeah. And I think he and the Squonk will be very good friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, Todd Peterson. All right, Hellboy. Ooh. Okay, mm. that's a good one. <laughs> I need. Uh, it, I, I need. It counts. I needed someone with some angry, right? Someone who understands what it's like to be like uh, dug up by Nazis, um, <laughs> to deal with, and Nazis. then put to work. So, Hellboy. He's gonna. He's gonna be able to to ground everybody and and show that. Uh, evil can be good. It can turn itself around if it wants to. Hellboy has a growth mindset. <laughs> uh, Put that uh, on a t-shirt. Right. Hellboy has a growth mindset. Is are you are, are you thinking of um like the Guillermo del Toro? Is that Ron Perlman? That yes. Hellboy? I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that what I would want everybody to see is actually the comic Hellboy. Okay. But with um uh Ron Perlman's voice. Okay. Like the 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 Ron Perlman presentation uh yeah. but with the the like comic accurate depiction. Right, but it would look like a moving cartoon in the movie of our thing, <laughs> sort of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? It would just be <laughs> it would be that flat red color, but it would be Ron Perlman's voice. Yeah, just I was thinking like the red and, and the little people. Shadow. That's all that there is. <laughs> Or, okay. Uh, oh, that, that, these are great choices, and I've realized I've come to realize if we ever play a game like this again, we really need to be assigning more voices because that really <laughs> seems to be elevating for me <laughs> my ability to imagine. These Steps picks. it up, yeah. All right, uh, Todd Peterson gets to start on a doctor, which we've had doctors before in in these kinds of games. Yeah, but we've had some nev- uh, never to save twenty twenty. We've never had we, we had the debate about uh my hologram doctor uh when we were yes. trying to survive an apocalypse and <laughs> oh, that's right. Listeners came to my defense <laughs> pointing out that that battery lasts longer than the life of anyone else on the team. That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm gonna go for this uh and I'm gonna modify it in a way that we weren't necessarily allowed to, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do the the Jude Law Dr. Watson Ah. I like that pick. And the reason is because he'll be able to put up with everybody else on the team. Uh, yeah, Dr. Watson's superpower is patience. <laughs> That's right, exactly. 
I okay. Like, and I Let's like the Jude Law version of uh, of what? It's a solid choice. Oh, I just love him so much. We just rewatched that like right at the end of summer, and I the uh, that guy Richie one the first one, and it's so great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved and it. He really he really makes having a mustache seem like a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which in most cases, it's not that good of an idea. Exactly. But he, but he's so persuasive with it. It's like, should I try that? It's the same reaction you get when you uh, when you see like uh, Sam Elliott or uh, uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Offerman. Oh, Ron Nick Offerman. Yeah. You, you see them, you're like, mm, ah, mustache. That's a good look there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. For me, I never cross the line. I mean, I, I'm happy to you know look at Sam Elliott and say that's a fine looking mustache. It never turns into I should get one of those. Never has <laughs> happened. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> has never happened to me. I, I think the, it, would, it would take me a, a very very long time to reach like Sam Elliott's mustache. Just the 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 healthy uh, amount of mustache that's there. I don't, I don't know how how long that has to go for. And this is not to impugn uh, Todd Mac in any way, shape, or form. The last thing I would ever expect to see is Todd Mac with a mustache. <laughs> it would be one of those things where I would say, if I ever saw Todd Mac with a mustache, I'd say, this is the code for I, I'm being held captive and I need help. Or, or we're, <laughs> we're in the darkest timeline. <laughs> That's what I mean. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Doctor, um, this is again, it's going to be a recommendation from one of my kids, and I think you're going to enjoy this one, Todd Mack. Uh, <clears throat> they said, you need to take that girl doctor you always get when you need doctors on your team. I'm like, what? And they're like, the frontier one. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I know she's appeared multiple times in our drafts, and uh, it was my daughter who's been listening to a lot of our, our back catalog uh, told me that I have to take Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, and as far as I'm concerned, she's never the wrong pick. So no, go with that. it's a go-to doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was that. She was the first one that came to mind. I thought, ah, that's a good pick. It's a really good pick. You used her to but survive the apocalypse, if I recall correctly. I did. I did. I. Uh, she's she's the second best pick that could have been picked uh, in this draft, but the first best pick is. Uh, Will Smith playing Robert Neville in I Am Legend. Mm. That's that's the doctor that I want. I want to give him a chance to go back in time. Like, talk about a, a motivated person. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he's he's super smart and he understands uh, viruses and vampires. And he has a great dog. And I'd like the dog to come with us, if at all possible. Uh, if the team, if you know, if the judges will allow it, allowed, um, allowed. Okay, yeah, I think it's fine. So the dog gets to come with us. I just think that guy would be so motivated. <laughs> Please listen. We really, really need to fix this. <laughs> yeah. Now, what wait. You- you're saying I actually do have a chance to fix it. I'm yes. in. He's in, and he's all in. And that guy is amazing. Do you think that he would be wise enough to say, we're going to try to solve this problem, but I'm also going to leave some stashes for myself <laughs> in case it doesn't work? Just in case. Just in case. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, a couple I, of I, uh, I, sleeves of Dr. Pepper, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking Just about every- it. 
we were talking about it at dinner and um and I told the kids that that was going to be my pick and they said who's what's that movie and so I showed them the trailer and their eyes were just as big as saucers they're like whoa that was intense dad <laughs> yes it is an intense movie uh, and he is a great doctor so he's I, my guy so- I'm picturing like the balance of him hustling to get things done and like change the future, but also preparing. And so just like in the background all the time, he's just like got a bundle and he's tying it up in a tree. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what's in that bundle, but every stop they make, he just puts a bundle up just in case. Yeah. So he's either going to fix 2020 or make it way more livable. <laughs> One way or the other, we're in better, we're in better shape because we have Robert Neville with us. He's always stashing the toilet paper somewhere safe. <laughs> oh, yes. That explains why we don't have any. <laughs> he, he was getting it all at the beginning of the year. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing that too much in my head. I need to. I need to. I need to clear my head from that. That vision. All right. Um, so Todd Mac, you get to start us out in round seven. We're at round seven, guys. So we're we're most of the way through this. Um, an author of speculative genre fiction to help deal with ramifications. Mm. You know, the, the, someone, the person who like gets how this is going to go. So many great options here. Um, and I bounced back and forth uh, until I settled on uh, a, a name that came to mind. And then I said, okay, no more bouncing. This is my guy. I'm going with uh, the, the great Argentine writer. Jorge Luis Borges. Oh. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I, if, if I could put money on this pick, I would be a wealthy man. Yeah. Um, talk about a guy who thought through the ramifications of time uh, and <laughs> existence. Uh, it's Borges. Uh, he's just absolutely amazing. We went over one of his short stories the other day, Circular Ruins. Man, what a great story. Oh, whoa, yes. I don't know that. Todd, will you come back on a future episode to discuss that short story? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We're going to pencil it. Yeah. Uh, Circular Ruins is, um, it's a story of a guy who um, washes up on a shore of some forgotten, uh, I don't know, in some forgotten place. And he has this mission um, to dream up a man. So he falls asleep, and in his dreams, he dreams up a person, um, and then the gods make that person real, um, and then they say the only way that that you'll be able to tell the difference between your dream man and and a real person is that he can walk through fire and not be burned. Um, and then the guy wakes up, and then this huge fire comes. And it washes over him and he doesn't get burned. And he realizes that he also is a dream (laughs) of somebody else that somebody else is dreaming him while he's dreaming somebody else. And it's pretty awesome. Oh oh my. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. We're going to talk about that uh, in in 2021 guys. Assuming we make it out of 2020. Assuming we make it out of 2020. Uh, But Borges is going to be on my team a little bit hampered because he's blind. Uh, but we'll get through that. Yeah, I, I, I think he'll be competent. I'm not con- yes. concerned at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my pick for an author of speculative fiction. I actually changed this up in like the last 10 minutes. Uh, a name came to me. I had a different choice kind of locked in. 
Um, I am going to be taking a a young, current creator of stories. I am taking Griffin McElroy from the McElroy Brothers of podcast fame. Interesting. Hmm. I've heard of these guys, but I have not. Uh, I have not imbibed. So I've read a short story he wrote for a Star Wars short story collection, and I've also listened to. They have a narrative uh, role playing podcast called The Adventure Zone, which I will just say not child friendly. They're a little uh, blue in their in their comedy, but at the same time, there's such deep heart that I'm willing to overlook that aspect of it because the you really it can hit you in the feels really unexpectedly, like as uh, a twist happens in the story. Um, so, uh, but I, even that's the only, uh, of their podcasts that I've listened to. I know they do a lot of other podcasting, right, Andrew? Mm-hmm. You're more familiar with the Yeah. Macro-Royce yeah. I listen to, to a couple different things and, and I've ebbed and flowed, yeah. um, with them. I, I think it's a really interesting pick because you kind of have, uh, I am assuming that you are depending a lot on this, on the, the the collaborative storytelling of the adventure zone yes. and his skills with that, which are not insubstantial. He can roll with the punches pretty phenomenally. And I think like when his, when his siblings throw him a curveball, he sees what's going on and he, he restructures, he adapts quickly. Right. So he's, he's not railroading the story uh, to his, where he imagined it needed to go. And I think we're gonna need some flexibility if we're going to go fix 2020. Okay. Todd Peterson. Man, this is one where I went around and around and around. And I think I'm going to go with Pendleton Ward, who created Adventure Time. Mm. All right. All right. And so if you know Adventure Time, it's uh, it, it seems like it's just this kind of daffy thing, but it's really sort of about our world way in the future after we've already donked it up. I mean, it's not like it's about last week or right. <laughs> and so I, I think, mean, I mean, when you watch Adventure Time, you think, how could it possibly get to this? And then you live 2020 and you're like, I get it. Right. And so we're, we're just we're, we're just like a couple of steps away from the Candy Kingdom. Mm hmm. I mean, what I wouldn't give for a peppermint butler right now. Oh, my gosh. Pet butt <laughs> would do it. He would. He would. I love, I love that guy. That's right. But anyways, I think I think that Pendleton Ward's mind is already primed for the level of insanity it would take to run the various timelines. And so I think that he would be the one maybe channeling his Jake the dog side of it to say, you know, hey, guys, like, uh, here's the simple way of thinking about this or the the Prismo version of this, of, of thinking about all these other kinds of things. I think Pendleton's word, his brain has already been there. So I've never watched any Adventure Time. That's why I'm not participating in the fun riffing that I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, but do you think this is a show we could also do as a future topic on uh, on the podcast, Todd? Yeah, there's some there's some real solid ones. The you know what's the one we should do? The hmm. one where they play the Cheers theme when the Ice King plays the Cheers theme. Well, that, that is the one that we should do. If it's meant to hit an emotional beat, that'll work on me. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it will. It will. It will. Des- it destroys everyone who knows. All right. And okay. I mean, I mean, destroy in a good way. Yeah. Anyways, Pendleton Ward, author of speculative genre fiction to help think through the ram- ramifications of changing the timeline. 
Okay. Got it. I took a lot of time on that one. And so my, my, my snake curve for the next one should go quickly. Okay. Well, your next one is a witch. So I was that, starting to, think, I, I was starting to think that my, uh, whatever craft it was going to carry everybody is getting really full. So it's going to double duty. Stevie Nicks. Well, I, in the idea of double dipping, I almost had my doctor be Doctor Strange, so I understand <laughs> the the allure of uh, just doubling down. What is it that they said? You got to have a team that's big enough that you can feed feed with two pizzas or something like that. So we were getting too big, so I needed to keep it tight. <laughs> now, now here's the tricky thing: we've always said that you guys can't steal from each other, but I don't think we've ever established that you can't steal from yourself. So I think this is, I think it's in the rules, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if this is time travel. Then oh, it's two, it's two different Nicks. Stevie Nicks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the Stevie Nicks from the seventies, and then Stevie Nicks after Lindsey Buckingham wasn't in the band anymore. Are we gonna call them the Stevie Nye? <laughs> the plural then. Nicks is the Nixes. <laughs> All right, that would be the perfect two Stevie Nixes. Yeah, that's that's better than her doubling down. It's, it's yes. two different versions. That's exactly what we'll do. Same size, but two Stevie Nixes. Okay. Okay. Uh, my witch is going to come from uh, Marvel Comics, which in my like draft, I had a lot more Marvel comic characters that are actually making the team. I'm going to have Sister Grimm from The Runaways. Ah. Mm. And uh, one thing that is excellent about her power set is like if she can imagine it and say it, and she's never done it before, it will happen. And I think there's going to be some things that we're unprepared for in trying to fix 2020. And so she, you know, think on her toes, she can cast a spell. And as long as the first time she's casting this spell, uh, it'll, it'll happen. Whatever needs to happen. Yeah. So she can't, she can't use the same word or phrase multiple times for a given spell, but she can, she can do similar things with the spell. Right, so they, she can do multiple different types of like teleportation. She just has to have a different way to say it every time. Yeah, it's about uh, linguistic creativity uh, and, and, you know, imagining different uh, ways out of scenarios. Sounds complicated. There's a, there, I, I believe there is an official list at Marvel that any new writer gets that's saying, it's like, you can't use these. These are every spell that she's spoken, so you can't use these words. <laughs> so uh, I like where you're going with this, but... Uh, for my witch, I just chose a witch that can do all of the spells that she wants. And it's a fine. Uh, fine. <laughs> it's Professor McGonagall. <laughs> I love Professor McGonagall. And, um, you know, she can turn into a cat, which is always helpful. Um, <laughs> Wait. Is that, <laughs> is it, I, I don't know if we can just let that statement slide. <laughs> uh, is turning into a cat. Always helpful in every situation. (laughs) (laughs) Often. Often helpful. Uh, No, McGonagall's great. She's uh, she's smart. She doesn't take any guff from anybody. We don't have a leader. uh, Like, we didn't have a slot to fill that was leader. I think she's going to be competing for the leadership role of your team. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Against Joan of Arc? Oh, Joan of Arc. Amelia Folk. I I really like my team. (laughs) Uh, And, you know. These these people they can they'll work it out. Your your team's gonna turn into like the nineteen nineties Seattle Supersonics, <laughs> like with just too many good players, so they couldn't ever like win. Get it together. 
Well, we'll we'll have to talk for a minute at the end about team dynamics. We'll have to like summarize everyone's team. Yeah, and be like, like run okay. through the ten we have and just think about how this how this is going to go. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Todd Mack, round nine, a child actor from any era. Okay. Um, I'll go quickly. Uh, I'm going with Tom Holland from uh, The Impossible, the movie The Impossible. Uh, it's about the tsunami. Um, he was probably, I don't know, 10 or... Yeah, 10 he's, or, he's like 12 maybe. 10 or 12 when he made that film, and he's so good. <laughs> uh, but man, Tom Holland. Tom Holland from, you know, Tom Holland is never the wrong pick. I was going to say, do you, do you uh, think he's going to do okay career-wise? <laughs> yeah. Uh but in that film especially he is so good. So good. Uh love Tom Holland. All right. Uh so we're over to me. I um I I was thinking kind of like Todd, like more recent shot actors. I wasn't like reaching back into golden age of Hollywood or anything. And then I started thinking about the entire cast of Stranger Things. Um the the kids are all great, and I, I you, you can't take the entire cast. No, no, but I, I so I'm going to be taking. Uh, and you know what? I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I'm going to say his name right, but Gaten Matarazzo. Is it Gaten? Is that how he says his name? That's what I would have said. Okay, Gaten Matarazzo, who uh, plays. Uh, well, oh, now I'm blanking on his character's name. Uh, Dustin. 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 Yeah. And uh, anytime he's on screen in Stranger Things. I have a good time watching that. <laughs> and that's why I decided to take him in. Yeah, that's a good pick. It's solid. It's solid. Todd Peterson. Shirley Temple. Oh, oh she was on my, she was the only other person on my list. She, so because she became an ambassador. And she's, she's going to be able to, to help with diplomacy. You think we're going to Temple's great. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's. I, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, why would anybody want to like try to understand other people? Like but Shirley Temple would actually, I think, help. And if not, she has that great face of you know, like scrunched up, don't like it face, oh, which geez. I think would balance out Cleopatra's stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, "Come on, Cleopatra," and then they'd they'd like start tap dancing, and she'd sing some, some cute song with her little curls bouncing. Cle- not even Cleopatra could could resist that. She would Cleopatra, I think, would just leave. She's like, "I'm not, I'm not, not until that child's gone." <laughs> no, she'd be like Daddy Warbucks. They'd be like they'd be like tap dancing on the steps together. I don't know Cleopatra and Shirley Temple. Cleopatra's shell with a little tap dance number, Todd. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, Shirley Temple. All right. Um, Then we've got number 10 and this should be the last one, but I want to pitch you guys on having a number 11. Just you've got to do it cold at the last round. Do you guys, would you accept uh, one additional thing? I will pick up that gauntlet you've just thrown down. Oh my gosh. Yes. And okay, good. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So we'll do that. No, after this round, I I refuse. I'm out. How dare you? Well, you're going to have the first pick on it. So oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> if that makes you feel better, nobody can steal yours. Um, all right. So Todd Peterson, uh, round 10, a creepy figure from history or fiction, whatever. But they weren't exactly recruited for the team. Somehow they're they are there and you got to roll with it. OK, Nicholas Cage. 
alternates for this celebrity with a touch of supernatural about them. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah. I, I love the idea that in a team meeting, just everyone's like getting their roles, and someone's like, "Is that Nick? Nick, what are you doing here?" <laughs> That's awesome, Nicholas Cage. I'm not even sure what he would say, like why he's here. To steal the Constitution. No, the Declaration of Independence. Sorry, said the wrong document. (laughs) Why shouldn't I be here? (laughs) That's right. To fix 2020, we have to steal the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) That's right. And I I just keep thinking of him uh, in that, uh, what is it, the Con Air, um, where he's just got the long hair and he's just smiling while it blows in his hair. I want him to be like that Nicolas Cage. Well, if you, if, right. I don't know what number 11 is going to be, but maybe you'll have two Nicholas Cages on your team. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Possibly. All right. Uh, Joe. All right. Uh, so when I, I, I'm the one that put this one on the list, and I was kind of thinking of like, the idea of like, a Rasputin figure who, like, it's just hard to get rid of this person. <laughs> and they're now uh, showing up on this group. And so I, I just started Googling like folklore about people who were hard to kill. <laughs> and... <laughs> I came across the story of uh, Marjorie McCall is uh, the name of this person. And uh, it is uh, alternatively listed as like a story that happened in the, in the late 1600s to just Irish folklore. Uh, But the story is uh, that she is a woman who uh, died and was buried. And then graveyard uh, robbers came to steal a ring that they'd seen on her finger. And as they're cutting her finger off, she wakes up and screams. Uh, oh, no. so premature burial. Uh, and then the added twist in the story is that, uh, reportedly she wandered to her home and when her husband opened the door, he died of a heart attack because his dead wife was standing <gasps> in the doorway. Wow. Uh, and so I, uh, I, I want to have a version of Marjorie McCall who's missing a finger. Like the, the, the <laughs> grave robbers got all the way through. <laughs> A finger while trying to steal uh, the ring, and it's just someone who won't die and has ended up in the time stream somehow. Okay. Okay. Todd, Todd Mack. I had one, and I really, really liked it. And then I was talking with my kids, and they said, "You cannot do that nerdy thing, Dad. You have to do." <laughs> uh, so I'm going with what I'm. I'm going with my kids on this one. I'm going with Jangles the Clown from Inside Out. Mm. <laughs> as soon as I said creepy figure, they all said they all just shouted almost in unison, Jangles. It's Jangles. That guy is so creepy. So we have a clown. Uh Jangles the clown is on our team. And I'll tell you about my other pick uh when we bring out our dead. He was it was a good pick. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready for, for bonus round? Yeah, let's let's uh see what you have up your sleeve. I want each of you to pick a robot. Easy. So you, yeah, I, I figured it's like, there's enough of this probably just floating around in your head. You're going to come up with someone pretty quick. So Todd Mack, you get the first pick on bonus round robot. Okay. So um, I'm thinking what we need here is some hope. Uh, and when I think of hope and robots, I think no further than R2D2. I love R2D2. And I would love to have him on my team. That is a really good pick. Ah, oh, that is such a good pick. Um, as soon as you said R2-D2, I thought of C-3PO, and then I thought of uh, the robot in Metropolis, Maria. So I'm going to take Maria from <laughs> Metropolis. Interesting. All right. 
All right. Now, Joseph, tell us, what does Maria do in Metropolis? Uh, she tries to overthrow civilization. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're trying to overthrow current situation civilization. <laughs> she she okay. sees that there's problems in the system, and she's trying to fix them. <laughs> All right. Uh, Todd Peterson. So I'm, I'm just going to pick this robot, and I'm going to sort of hope that something else comes along with him, just because it would be natural for that to happen. Um, so I picked Marvin, the paranoid android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, with hope that the starship, the Heart of Gold, would come along. You bet. Because <laughs> it's improbable. <laughs> Therefore, it's improbable. It's- exactly. That's the reason for it to happen. Yeah. And he's depressed, of course, so I think that he just sort of fits in a 2020 uh, uh, rescue mission. I feel like a, hitchh- uh, like a Hitchhiker's Guide reference from Todd Peterson is about as uh, dependable as like a Spanish literature reference for me. I feel like every time we talk, there's a, hitchh- a Hitchhiker's Guide reference. My, it's, core, it's a core memory for me. It's core. Okay. We, I just I like recorded a, uh, a podcast episode about it, so it is very fresh. Oh, yeah. You know what's the greatest, the, the great way to experience Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the, um, why can I not remember his name now? Um, uh, it's the audiobook version read by Stephen, I can't remember his last name. Fry? Fry. Fry, Stephen, the Stephen Fry read version. It is marvelous. Mm. He's a good Marvelous. narrator. If we need a narrator for our adventures. We can all have Stephen Fry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're so cool. He would want to. He would pay us. All, all right. right. So, so I think we, we got to go through each of your, your teams as a team and talk about them briefly before we make um, a final decision. Okay? All right. All right. Who, so, who's going to go first here? Uh, Todd Mack. We'll go back to the original order for that. Okay. So time traveler Amelia Folk from uh, Ministry of Time. A real-life celebrity with a touch of the supernatural, Ty from Dude Perfect. Uh, Cryptid uh, is Abominable Snowman from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. My historical figure is Joan of Arc. My other monster is the monster from A Monster Calls. My doctor is the Will Smith Robert Neville doctor from I Am Legend with his dog. Uh, An author of speculative fiction uh, that will help think through the ramifications of changing the timeline is Jorge Luis Borges. Uh, my witch is Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter. My child actor is Tom Holland from the film The Impossible. And my creepy figure uh, is Jangles the Clown from Inside Out. And my robot is R2-T2. That's quite the team that you have put together. I dare say no one has ever imagined that group together before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it seems an unlikely collection of characters. I mean, Joseph, there is a lot of fan fiction out there in the world. <laughs> true. So you can't, true. you can't quite say never, but it's, it's, it's very unlikely. In, in the Borges fan fiction library of Babel, mm-hmm. this, it exists. This team exists. Yeah, it does. All right. What are, oh, Todd, as you're looking over your list, like what is your favorite group dynamic, like character interaction as we're, we're tossing these people into some time travel mm. vehicle? What is like the, the like side scene on the way to jumping back in time that's going to be fun for the audience to see? 
I don't know the the imagining Will Smith running around trying to prepare for the future while also trying to fix the thing. Um, that's that's pretty, that's pretty great. Solid. Yeah, I just imagine I'm, I'm trying to imagine Joan of Arc like uh, you know whipping everybody up into a frenzy over uh, over things. I don't know. I I, I like them all as individuals. Um, I would be interesting. It would be interesting to see. Like, what does McGonagall do with Jingles the Clown? Um, Gets rid of him, I well, hope. It's a, it's a piece of poltergeist kind of situation, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and like the monster from A Monster Calls, he's trying to just, uh, you know, work, help everybody work through what's going on. So Ty from Dude Perfect is, you know, he's he's flipping bottles and um, he he's great at airsoft, which could come in handy. Um, you know, he'd be taking orders from Joan of Arc about where to, uh, you know, deploy to, to get stuff done. Um, I, I, yeah, it's an interesting group. It was a fun exercise. I I just, I just pictured Robert Neville, like climbing into a tree so he can tie up a a bundle of supplies and then tie saying, Hey, I bet I could just throw it up there for you. (laughs) Or or he keeps knocking them down as soon as he ties them up. <laughs> One shot. It's down. <laughs> All right. Uh Joe. All right. What let, let's give the rundown of your team. So my and, time and traveler them. is Gil Pender from Midnight in Paris. My real life celebrity with a touch of supernatural is Enya. A cryptid is Squonk, voiced by Kristen Chenoweth. A historical figure is Harriet Tubman. A monster is the Minotaur. A doctor is Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. An author of speculative fiction is Griffin McElroy. A witch is Sister Grimm. A child actor is Gaten Matarazzo. A creepy figure from history is Marjorie McCall. And my robot is Maria from Metropolis. And uh, as I was if, reading through those, <laughs> I, I just imagined like they're all getting into their cabs, their 1920s Parisian cabs. And uh, <laughs> Gil and Marjorie McCall end up in the same cab. And he just looks down and he's just like, I, I see you're missing a finger. There's their story. And then she tells the story and we just have a close up on his face as the story's <laughs> happening. And his jaw is just slowly <laughs> dropping a little bit more. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I'm looking at your team, Joe, and I'm trying to think of like the, the single adjective I would try to use to describe them collectively. And I don't know what it is. I mean, awesome, amazing, stupendous. There's a number of options here. Uh, I was leaning towards plucky. Oh, yeah, plucky. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, first place like, could work. Uh, <laughs> first place. <laughs> yeah, and like, I just don't know quite what to what to think of him. Like, with Todd Mack, I'm like, there's a lot of capability here. <laughs> and with your team, I'm not sure that I can say the same thing precisely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I can see what you're saying. It's it's a different flavor. It's happening over here. Yes, a different flavor is a good way to to think of it. <laughs> All right, Todd Peterson. All right, so my time traveler is Doctor Strange. Uh, my real life celebrity with a little bit of the supernatural around them is Stevie Nicks. I've decided early Stevie Nicks. <laughs> I like cryptid, that we keep narrow, narrowing that down a little bit more. Like, uh, cryptid, concert, soon we're in a witch concert of Stevie Nicks that you're 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 plucking from the time stream. 
Yeah, I think it's between uh, Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. So we're there. Uh, Cryptid uh, with a voice uh, with the uh, Chupacabra with Michael Pena. Um, so that he gets to do the uh, flashback scenes or the, the what we should call them recapitulation scenes. Historical figure uh, from any time is Cleopatra because of her side eye. Um, a monster of some sort. Uh, Hellboy, because um, he certainly is of some sort. Uh, the Doctor is fictional, but also very real to me. Dr. Watson, uh, but the Jude Law version. Um, and uh, author of specular, jo- speculative genre fiction uh, is going to be Pendleton Ward, uh, the creator of uh, Adventure Time. Uh, my witch is Stevie Nicks, but late Stevie Nicks. I'm going to say uh, 90s Stevie Nicks. Um, and uh, my child actor is Shirley Temple, but not Shirley Temple Black, but someone with that potential. Um, a creepy figure from history is Nicolas Cage. Um, and the robot is Marvin, the paranoid Android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, along with his ship of residence, the Heart of Gold. Yours has a little bit more power than my team. <laughs> it's just uh, running. That's that is for sure. Hellboy, Doctor Strange, Nicolas Cage. I mean, th- these guys are good. It's going to take a lot. And who knows what change. Maybe we fix uh, 2020, but break 2023. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to hear hear the victor? Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's I wanted to hear what, we, what was who was on your team. Oh, on, do you want to hear that first or do you want to hear hear the declaration first? Hold on. I want to hear if Todd Peterson. Did you have like any character interaction on your team that particularly stood out to you? I'm pretty sure that Stevie Nicks, Cleopatra, and Nicolas Cage will try to put one another out of the airlock. <laughs> but that's but that kind of that kind of friction helps a team, you know, like like Cap and Iron Man, right? You you got to have that, mm-hmm. or there's no dynamic that's going to push everything forward. Yeah, no, I I like that. All right, let's hear Andrew's team, and then. And- We'll and declare the, the winner, and then we'll run through our dead real quick, like uh, just the alternates we had. And that, that we'll, uh, okay. We'll, you know, we'll, we're into the final stages, listen, listeners. So don't worry, we're not going to be dragging on for too long. I'm I'm kind of phenomenally shocked that there was no crossover. My entire team remains intact. I didn't have to change wow. anybody out. So, that, and me too. That's interesting. So for my time traveler, I selected Desmond Hume mm. from from Lost. Um, I, I hear you guys grunting. Did you not think of him or yeah, no, I that's just great. Of him. That's a good choice. He was not on my list, but, but that's a great pick. Um, my celebrity with, with something supernatural is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, he was in my, my yeah, <laughs> my, my cryptid plus voice and personality. I chose the Jersey devil. One of my favorite cryptids. And I don't know why exactly. Probably because of Halloween or something. I picked Andy Samberg from Brooklyn nine, nine. <laughs> as the voice of personality jersey devil so, is on my list so it's I a, it's a very devil. it's a very intense jersey devil <laughs> um for my historical figure i wanted tesla uh, that is, mm. is a strong choice um for less the leadership you guys had a lot of leadership and stuff out of yours mine was really just for problem solving creativity stuff um fixing the time machine as needed uh for monster i wanted the creature from the black lagoon no particular reason. I haven't even seen the movie. I just, there's something like appealingly creepy about that monster figure. 
I you almost know what I, mean? went, I almost went that with that for those reasons. Um, for a doctor, I wanted Hank McCoy, so Beast from the X Men. Mm. That's a good pick. Um, he's been through some time travel stuff. He can he can deal with these things. For the author of speculative fiction, I wanted Ursula K. Le Guin. Mm. That's a good <gasps> pick too. That's on my deep list. She's so good. Yeah, and it's like, and she's so like, she seems to be really calm about this. She's like, I'm just thinking about it, and then I'm producing a you know my answer, my solution, my my commentary on it. Um, it's never it's never too intense or um, uh, un, unprepared. Um, for a witch, I wanted Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> mm. oh, I, I yes. If any Miyazaki crossed my head, I think I, my team would be different. I definitely would have dropped in a Miyazaki. Oh, no mm. face might have been my monster. Mm. Oh, that would have been good. Um, for child actor, I wanted Mara Wilson. Oh, Matilda, right? Yeah. Um. And creepy figure from history, H.H. Holmes. No additional comments. He's just a creepy thinker. Yes. And then I I haven't been able to decide on my robot. I either want, and these are going to be very different robot picks. I either want the Iron Giant or Wally. Oh, those are both really good picks, though. Um, and so I don't know which one I really, really want. <laughs> In the end, uh, how big the space is that you're using for time travel? Like, are you dealing with a yeah, spaceship or the, a, a taxi cab? It, it does make a difference there. Um, so that is my list. Um, okay, are you guys ready for the winner? Yes. Ready. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going with Todd Mack on this one. Really? I feel like Todd's no. been on quite the run in these games, Todd. I. <laughs> For for He's a while, ringer. I really, I really did think it was going to go to Joe, for, um, like the the group dynamic. But then I looked at it, and it was like these guys really just aren't prepared enough. I really don't think they're going to achieve the mission. Excuse me, Enya. Hello. <laughs> Done. Um, <laughs> and with Todd Peterson, um, I just couldn't envision like the cohesive cooperation. There's a little too much. <laughs> well, Discord. The example that he gave as to how he saw was, the group was going was people throwing each other out of a, an airlock. So I, <laughs> I think you're on Look, something with that. Critique. You fight fire with fire. <laughs> um, but I, I thought Todd Max was like, you know, these people could probably pull it together and and try to get something done. See. I just real quick circling back to Todd Peterson's uh, story moment of them all trying to shove each other in the airlock. I think then what happens is Hellboy just breaks off that chunk of the ship entirely <laughs> and <laughs> and they all drift off. Yeah, really. The, the people that fix this is Doctor Strange telling Hellboy what to do. Yeah, that would work. All right. Uh, do we want to real quick run through our uh, alternate time travelers? Anything else? Any, to, uh, any any special highlights from from your lists? I think. Yeah. Uh, I was going to have a Loch Ness monster with Tilda Swinton's voice. Oh, for your uh, that is a good one. And then she would be the voice of moral authority. Yeah. Well, I had Tilda Swinton as an alternate in my real life celebrity that may have a touch of the supernatural about them. Oh I, yeah. I also had Paul Rudd, Keanu Reeves, Nicholas Cage, Tilda Swinton, Roma Downey, and James Earl Jones. Those were my alternate. <laughs> Roma <favorites>. Downey. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. One of my child um, actor. Um, Alternates was Spanky McFarland. Is that from uh, 
from our gang. Yes. And he's often, you see him in the memes now because he's just the kid that throws, throwing cash out the window. Mm-hmm. And that may be, he may just go like throw Trump's cash out the window and that's how we fix 2020. So he could have been like the ace in the hole. <laughs> My alternate monster was uh, Sully from Monsters, Inc. Oh, Yes. Uh, I almost had, as my author of speculative fiction, I had Charles Dickens and Mark Twain. I was going back and forth between them because mm. of uh, Christmas Carol and Connecticut and King King Arthur's Court. Right. Uh, I had Bradbury and J.J. Uh, Abrams. I'm, I'm, I'm re-watching Fringe right now. I've never watched Fringe. It's on. Oh, oh, it's so, so good. Much. Yeah, I, it's I need so this. so good. All right. I will get that in the rotation. <laughs> And yeah. we're both invited to come back and talk about it in the in the future. Oh, I would love to talk about Fringe. Uh, for for which, so I said which, and my son immediately says Griswolda from the Geico commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, I, I mean, you won, but I think you would have won with Griswolda. Oh, uh, I was like, oh man, I like where your I like where your mind is right now, Kimball. I'm really, I'm really uh, on to this. We also had um, Hermione and Elphaba. We had uh, Maleficent. Um, but man, Griswolda, what a pick! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, any final thoughts on our teams? To oh, I was going to say my creepy. My I have to tell you my creepy figure. Oh, right. Um, so there's a Portuguese poet called Fernando Pessoa. Do you guys know Pessoa? Pessoa? Yes. Yes. I do not. He's so good and so creepy. Um, he wrote with uh, a number of heteronyms. So he wrote uh, poetry mostly, uh, but also some prose. And um, he would write in the name of different authors. And so you're like, oh, that's cool, you know. Um, but the thing is, is that he actually lived his life uh, in 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 some ways as these different characters. So his, he he was in love with a woman called Ophelia Cados, and um, in their uh, in their letters that they that they would write to each other, she would say, "I'm getting a little bit annoyed because the other day I came by the house to see you, and you answered the door, and you were telling me that Fernando Pessoa wasn't home." And that you were, you know, Ricardo Reis or some other guy. So he would like answer the door and she'd be like, oh, hi, Fernando. And he's like, Fernando's not here right now. I mean, so he totally had multiple personalities. And he would write with all of these different personalities. And he was into like Aleister Crowley and the occult. And he was just a very strange, very brilliant person. Uh, but I thought, man, he would be a weird person to have on your team. <laughs> we talked about him in graduate school because he would refer to one of the other Peshoas as smarter than the Peshoa currently speaking. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, like all in on it. And, and in some ways, it's like this amazing creative thing. And in other ways, it's just sad and creepy. But Jangles won out in the end. And I won, so I guess it was the right pick. <laughs> Your kids were right to suggest that choice. Yes. 
All right. Well, thank you all for participating in this. Thank you, Andrew, for uh, introducing your team and also choosing the winner. And thank you, listeners, for downloading. If you enjoyed this episode, you might want to go check out episode number 252 when we talked about A Monster Calls or episode number 302 when we talked about Hellboy. Uh, you can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. You can follow at protagonistpod or at Jade Rowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at Diz Minute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. Todd's, do you have anything you would like to plug? I'm good. Oh, if I don't, my publicist will get mad. January 2021, uh, I've got a novel coming out called Picnic in the Ruins. Um, it's a fun little story about people stealing artifacts off of national parks. Um, I have not read it I yet. I wish I could say I've more, seen, but it's embargoed. I was going to say, I've seen fantastic reviews already from some people who have gotten advanced review copies. So I'm looking forward but to it. But if people want to um, check in with my Twitter account, that's where I kind of keep things current when they come out. And that's at Todd Peterson uh, over at Twitter. Um, but yep, Picnic in the Ruins uh, coming out January 5, 2021 by Counterpoint Press. Um, it's going to be fun. And the cover's gorgeous. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. So long. Ta-ta. listen to to todd's and make sure it seems good did you drape a blanket or something uh i i did not have the door closed it's <laughs> <laughs> a good good sound right. buffer when you shut the uh, rookie rookie mistake oh i think we've all made that mistake i don't think we need to be judging expertise level <laughs> i i sort of felt like it was closed but that's it. it I say like as it. I'm as I'm holding a microphone in one hand with a baby crooked in my arm, sucking on my finger. <laughs> I was my other hand on the Princess Bride minute holding uh, my my infant, and I thought there's no way they're going to catch this. And then, like two minutes in, they're like, "Is there a guest with you?" Did you know? <laughs> I was like, "Well, okay, but... let's let's do that." I'm sorry, Andrew. I'm giving you too many edit points. I, I'm going to stop. <laughs> stop. You're going to stop that. Yes, exactly. <laughs>